I'm Ryan Eakin, and this is View from the Pits, the official podcast of the Maple Leafs. In this episode, I spoke to Dustin Richardson, the former Boston Red Sox and Miami Merlin, on his time in the big leagues, and now his time with the Maple Leafs here in the IBL. Here it is. All right, Dustin, thanks for coming on today, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Ryan. So, also, you come into the IBL with a decorated background, going back to your time in the big leagues. Just going back to when you were drafted by Boston, just what do you remember about finding out that you were drafted by the Red Sox? I mean... It was a it was a special time, you know. It's uh, it was a senior sign out of uh, Texas Tech, and um, you know, I didn't expect. I knew I had a had a good season my senior year, but I didn't expect to be, um, you know, a fifth round and then sign for, you know, an amount of money. You know, uh, that's you know, I guess a good agent helps goes a long ways, but um, you don't realize until you're drafted by a team like Boston how fortunate you really are, um, because there's a lot of organizations that you could easily get drafted into and it's uh you just don't have the um the luxury if you will with the, you as you would with someone like boston so um i didn't realize until i got there and then spent a few seasons spending a few uh, spring trains with them that how how good i really had it there and it's you know it was it was an amazing experience i just remember um the celebration where i was that summer day in uh in kansas and uh you know it's something i'll never forget yeah, and then we'll get into playing in the big leagues, making your big leagues debut. But even just playing, you know, triple A ball, double A, you know, making appearances in spring training. Is what did it mean to you to have that Red Sox jersey on? Because as, as you said, that's not just a typical major league baseball franchise. Right, right. So, I mean, yeah, you listen, you know, you put the jersey on, you know, you have Red Sox across your chest, you know, um, your name on the back. I mean, it's, you take all those things into account when, you know, as a player and in and, and the mentality uh, when you carry yourself and, and how you carry yourself is important. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, you become loyal and, um, you know, we play when we play all right, the, the Yankees, for example, in the minor leagues coming up. I remember Phil Coke, um, the other lefty, and we were playing them double A and we had a conversation in the outfield while, you know, BP was happening or something like that. And pitchers were, we were throwing and we were kind of talking and he was talking about that you know, the same thing that you just brought up, you know, you know, he goes, it's about this. And he pointed to like our Red Sox patch and his Yankee patch, you know, and I go, yeah, I agree. And you take that into the game and it's, you know, there is something there for sure. Um, and that's what I mean by it's special to play for someone like a Boston, maybe a New York, you know, I don't know. It goes any further than that really, because, you know, I mean, I guess the Cubs maybe, but, um, yeah, but Red Sox, Red Sox Nation, though, it, it is you see it throughout the organization, excuse me, through the, um, through the levels of the loyalty of the fans. They are everywhere. They are yeah. everywhere. And, uh, um, you know, it's just, it was, it's, I was, like I said, I was very fortunate to be a part of that organization and uh, experience all that. Right. And you mentioned, you remember back in Kansas when you got drafted by the Red Sox. And then you got eventually got called up into the big leagues. Just what do you remember about that day, finding out that you got um, called up to the big leagues and just, you know, taking me to that moment that you found, you found out it finally happened. Yeah. So I had a, um, <clears throat> I was in double A for most of that year. I remember this was 2009 and I just was really becoming a full, there was my full season as a reliever because I was a starter coming up through the minor leagues and I had a great um, relief uh, year uh, in double A in Portland, Maine. And I remember, <clears throat> I want to say, with a month left in the season, I got promoted to triple A and, and I just absolutely dominated that, that, that triple A year. 
uh, for that remainder of the month. And there was talks, you know, because at the end of the season, you know, you get called in. We were on the road in, um, where were we? We were in Syracuse, I believe. And we get called in. It's the last game of the season. And we, you know, we all know about call-ups, you know, that are potentially going to happen. And there was rumors that, you know, I was thinking that oh, maybe I can get one of those. And, um, you know, I get called in the office. Skip brings me in and goes, listen, you know, um, there's, you know, there's a chance. You're not going to get called up right away. But he goes, don't, you know, stay active. Don't just be sitting on a couch because very well you may be getting the phone call while you're at home that we may need you still because obviously the big league season continues on. And, um, you know, they usually use a lot of younger arms um, at that time to, um, before the playoffs, right? So, um, so I go home. I remember I made that long 20-some-hour drive, and I think I drove 20 hours straight just to get back to Kansas. And um, sure enough, I went home for maybe about a few days, um, and I got a phone call. They flew me out to Florida, to sp this, this spring facility complex, and so I'm like, oh, okay, something might be happening. So basically, we're on standby. And, you know, a day goes by, another day goes by, you know, so you're on pins and needles, man. And the whole time you're there, you're working out with the, the younger guys that are there, like, um, you know, the other rookies, right? 16-year-olds that they got there. Um, and, you know, you're throwing in some live BPs and whatnot. And, uh, you know, and then another day goes by, another day goes by. Next time there, I'm there for like eight days. It felt like a month. And uh, so anyways, you know, it didn't look like it's going to happen, right? And I, one of the last days I was there, um, I had a schedule to throw like two couple innings. And I warm up, and I'm literally about to go to the, take the field, right, to go through. And uh, pitching coordinator stops me. He goes, hold on, hold on, Richie. And I go, what's up? He goes, just, just hang tight. He goes, and so I'm like, all right. So I'm sitting there in the bull, or excuse me, in the dugout. And he goes, Richie, he's like, get your shit. He said, you're going, you're going up. I go, holy shit. Holy shit, you know? So you, mind you, when you're in Florida, you know, your mornings are early. You're up at 6 a.m. You, know, you have your breakfast and, you know, you're out of there by noon. Usually. So it's about, uh, I don't know, 1030, uh, 11 o'clock uh, a.m. And uh, I remember he's like, you need to hurry, though, because the flight and the game's that evening. So there's a game that evening. I remember I had to, I had to sprint to the clubhouse, you know, and I remember I was I had to hurry up and get undressed. And I was basically running up and down the aisles naked, just frantically trying to get packed and get showered because I had to catch a, a, a flight. And, uh, and I remember I was starving. I haven't eaten anything since breakfast. I have nothing in my system. I get on a plane out of Florida, straight shot to Boston, land. My phone's dead. I had to hurry up and charge it at the airport because they had a, a, someone from, her name was Raquel, I remember. Um, awesome front office person. She was awesome. Took up, took care of his players. I remember she was picking me up. Kind of call her after my phone came back on. Um, she rushed me to the uh, to the field. We get there thirty minutes before game time, probably. Hurry up, got changed, got dressed. I literally took the field um, as we were taking the field as the starting pitcher took the field, and I was so they took the field, and I just run into the outfield into the it's a long ass run too, by the way to the bullpen out there. And uh, I just remember I was starving, but adrenaline was pumping, you know. Um, and I get to the bullpen and I'm just, you know, good thing there's a lot of snacks in the bullpen. And I was chewing on a lot of sunflower seeds. So, um, you know, it's a very numb feeling. 
very numb feeling. And uh, it was almost you know, kind of like out of body. Like I couldn't, I didn't, I couldn't really, wasn't sure what I was feeling, I remember. And uh, I was able to calm down a little bit. And I just remember playing, we're playing Toronto and they're a good team. They've always had good teams, you know, a lot of good lineups and they're whooping us, you know, but you know, it's, it's it's the end of the season. Looks like Boston's going to get in. They just need to win like a couple games to clinch. I remember, and uh, so they're in good position. So, and usually, I remember my, my dad saying, "This is hey man, be ready because you know that manager's going to want want to use his new toy." You know, and it was funny how he puts it, but I go, "Yeah, of course." Um, and I remember the first time the phone, the bullpen phone rang. First of all, going down the bullpen, seeing Papelbon, Tim Wakefield, Tim Wakefield. Uh, we also had Billy Wagner, you know, um, some, some heavies down there. And uh, so it, that was quite the experience, you know, going down there and sitting with those guys. And you realize you're up here. You're part of this now, right? You are part of this. And uh, it, it's happening, man. It's happening. Um, and I remember the first time the phone rang. And, and also it helped that Daniel Bard was up there at the time. Some, the same guy in my draft class. Uh, the same guy we kind of, you know, we hung out through spring trainings. and you know, on the same teams coming up a little bit. But uh, that first time that phone, that bullpen phone rang, Tuck, our bullpen coach, greatest bullpen coach ever, by the way. Awesome, man. Awesome, dude. Um, I about threw up. Oh, my God, that thing, that thing rang. And thank goodness it wasn't for me. It, it was, they got somebody else up. And uh, so he goes in, does his thing. And... That next thing, that phone, next time that, that, that phone rang, it was for me. I knew it was for me. He goes, all right. He goes, he hangs up. He goes, all right, Richie, here we go. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. All right. And I remember warming up. Like, once again, I, I can't, I, I can't feel anything. It was, it was the strangest feeling. And you got to know that uh, Fenway Park, does, those bullpens are tiny and they're connected to the opposing team. It's a bullpen and they're small. So the guys that are sitting you know, Tim Wakefield, Papon, they look like, look like, they look like they're in my face, really just watching me warm up. And I'm just like, I feel like I've never thrown a baseball in my life. I don't think I didn't throw one strike warming up. I was everywhere. I was bouncing shit. I was throwing things arm side and I, it was embarrassing. And I, everything was just creeping in my head. So all that stuff, you know, coming up to an organization, the, you know, the, the, the mental skills that wasn't working there, that was not working. You, there was not enough power in the world to, you know, to calm me down, um, mentally. So I mean, and I, and I launched one into their bullpen too. I threw one so high, I launched it into their bullpen and, uh, you know, so I didn't throw one strike warming up. So, um, and I'm just, you know, kind of pay attention to the game. I'm, I'm seeing our guy kind of like, all right, walks a guy, gives up a hit. I'm like, shit, come on, get out of this inning or something. I'm going to give me a fresh inning, please. Um, so anyways, I end up coming in. I see the manager come walking out and I'm like, Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, he walks out, boom, gives the signal. And all, all I remember is when I opened up the gate, cause I was, the cop always opens the gate there. Right. And he opens up the gate for me. I was just like that, that run, that jog in, I literally could not feel anything. Right. So I just like, please just don't, don't trip and fall on your face, man. Just don't fall on your face. And I'm jogging in. So I come in with runners on like, uh, I think first and third or first and second, maybe with two outs. And I believe my first hitter was Aaron Hill, second baseman. Um, 
you know, so first of all, the warmups, the eight pitches that you get still, it warmed up a little bit better. But I tell you what, that that mound, it felt like it was a mile, or that home plate, the catcher, felt like it was a mile away. And I can't, I can't remember if it was Veritech or Cash or someone who's catching. I don't remember. It was a blur. Um, I, 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 I blacked out. So I just remember I warmed up okay, but it, it was a mile away. We didn't throw anything besides fastballs. And I was so nervous, you know, I was, I'm cutting everything, you know. And, um, but it was weird. As soon as the hitter jump, hitter gets in, it kind of changes the, the perspective a little bit and um, they able to throw some strikes. And I got Aaron Hill to pop up in the infield. And um, that was the third out. And I was thinking, oh, whew. all right, let's, I'm walking back in, take a deep breath, you know. Um, I'm sitting there relaxing. And then I'm like, shit, he's not taking me out, you know. So I got to go back out there for another inning. Go back out there another, for another inning. And, you know, unfortunately, I'm throwing strikes. I, I remember I gave up like two hard hits or two hard balls, but thank God they're just right at people. I remember a center fielder. I forget his name. Billy Hall, maybe at the time. Um, Might've been him, but I remember he ran down a ball that ball was hit part of the deepest part of the field too. So he was able to chase it down in the center field. He made that out for me. That was a huge out, but that ball was hit hard. It should have been a double triple, but um, I remember I gave up I maybe another hard hit ball and then maybe another pop up or something. I didn't record a strikeout for my first couple appearances. And, and that was what I was my bread and butter. I was a strikeout guy, um, you know, throughout my minor league career. And uh, yeah, I just remember throwing a, a third and an inning, an inning and a third, excuse me. And, you know, they keep the ball, they write on it for you, they hand it to you later on. And I remember get so after the game, it was, it was great, special. I just remember getting back to my hotel room. You know, you usually think oh, you won't be able to sleep. I passed out. I slept great. And I woke up. You know, you wake up and you're just like, wow, where am I? You know, you're a minute. So, and I just remember walking to the ballpark because we stayed at the hotel. The team hotel was nearby. And just walking to the ballpark. Literally. So when I was up there the whole time, you just, it was a nice little, you know, half a mile walk to the ballpark with your, with your uh, Dunkin' Donuts. We drink Dunkin' Donuts there, not Tim Hortons, right? So. Um, just unbelievable experience, experience, just walking to your job, walking to Fenway park and just walking up there. And, and it's like I said, once again, the loyalty of the fans, um, they know you, right. They know you even as soon as they know, Hey, walk into the ballpark. I couldn't believe it. Just walking. And I'm still a couple blocks away still. And people recognizing you a little bit, just even as a rookie. And like I said, that that's an, that's a special experience. And, uh, yeah, and I'll just, I'll never forget that. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you're in the big leagues. You got called up. You know, you had your first bullpen session. You know, you made your walk out from Fenway, the bullpen. And now you want to stay in the big leagues. You don't want to go back down. Just you did it with the top 1% of baseball players. You have all these guys that want to play baseball. You made it to the big leagues. That's, that's as tough as it gets. How tough is it just to even stay in the big leagues, especially on a team like Boston? That, you know, it's not a bottom feeder team, especially back then. It's, it's a great no. team. So just how tough is it to stay in the big leagues? Well, the saying goes, it's, it's easy to get there, but it's harder to stay, right? And they, they, they explain that to you. And you know what? Until you get there, you don't realize that. And it really is. It really is. Um, you know, humans, this game's hard enough. It can be hard enough. And humans, make, we make it harder, right? So we apply more pressure to ourselves than necessary. And, it, you know, something, you know, if you can figure that out quickly, you know, you can benefit from that, right? That you help yourself out. You can simplify the game. Um, for me, you know, um, I wasn't as consistent, you know, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I still, the walks were, were there a little bit, but you know, I could afford to throw more strikes and 
listen, I was, I was still kind of raw. I mean, I, I didn't have a plus secondary pitch, you know, I had, I had a good fastball and it cut, it moved as deceptive, but for me, I, you know, I didn't understand my body completely, my mechanics. So when I needed to make an adjustment, I wasn't sure if it was going to be there. And it, it, it was a painful lesson, right? So um, I spent some time, some time going up and down that, uh, the following year, but I spent most of the season up, right? So it designated me, not, excuse me, it didn't designate me, but the, um, oh, I forget the word. Option. The, thank you very much, Ryan. Yep. The option me uh, up and down, the three options, I believe. And they, um, they option down like two or three times. And, um, and, but I go right back up within like a week or so. So I spent most of the time up there. Um, and mind you, like I said, I didn't understand at the time, my body, my mechanics, you know, you know, I, you know, I had a delivery I somewhat repeated at the time, but I just, I competed. That's all it was. I just competed out there every time. And you want to, when you go out there, you just want to go out there and compete and, be in the flow state of mind and just and pitch right but um knowing what i know now i wish you know obviously i can go back you know i learned a lot through injuries and how to pitch i understand my body now and i can make the adjustment every pitch right every pitch i can make an adjustment now and mentally i'm better prepared obviously as well um you know so at the time you know i'm not just out there drilling pumping and i'm just all arm and mechan- you know there's probably reason why my back hurts today and my elbows all chewed up right so i wasn't very efficient is a good way to put it at the time and um and it was a stressful time you know you're pitching for your life out there man you're pitching for a paycheck and um there's so much that's that's that goes into it you know and uh you know i did i i enjoyed myself at times but most of the time you you know it, it was stressful it was it was a lot of anxiety and um you know, I, I probably could have enjoyed myself a lot more uh, than I did, but uh, unfortunately I didn't. And, you know, um, I still was, has, even as much as I struggled and didn't understand a lot, um, you know, my numbers were good. It, it, honestly, if I say this, I, and I say this because as a reliever, your numbers depend a lot on your, the rest of the guys in the bullpen. Um, I remember I, I had, the, you know, I had a sub, I had a one something. And going into the last game, I think, of the season, you know, I have multiple appearances. I like, I don't know, 15 maybe. I can't remember. 20? Not even that. No, about 10 to 15 maybe. Maybe. But, um, and I remember the last one, the last games of the year, I let, left a couple guys on base, and the guy comes in and just one pitch. It was over the monster, and your ERA blows up a little bit, right? So that's unfortunate. So people see, what, four? I've had a four ERA or something. I can't remember what it was to end the season with because if you don't have those innings built up man those numbers can inflate so um so yeah i just it's you know it's unfortunate i look back and just like now i've learned so much through the injuries how to how, how to feel what i need to feel in my body and the delivery and then just mentally as well so yeah, and then you get traded to miami at the time i guess it was florida one for one for Andrew Miller. So, you know, looking back at it, I guess it was a big trade. It was, it was, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Just when it comes to that trade, just how did you find out what happened and just get, I guess looking back at it, like how is it kind of of cool just going back knowing that, you know, you're traded for a pretty big piece that ended up being some can say the best reliever the last 10 years. Well, full disclosure. I mean, like he, he, listen, Andrew Miller was, he was what I think number one pick me. I don't even, I don't remember, but he was, was a monster, man. The guy was six, seven, through 90 miles an hour, man, but he struggled. Um, he didn't throw strikes. 
He wasn't very good as a minor league. He was not good. So, and here you got a big league lefty, six six, right? He's up there. He's he's in the big leagues, you know. But you know, with you know, an average breaking ball, if that, and but you know, a, a deceptive fastball. I'm up there, and you got a, a you know, you got another lefty that's was number one pick, and then, um, but he was struggling, and he's struggling for years in the minors, and uh, Boston made a nice little trade because they were able to fix him and then he became the best reliever in baseball for the years to come. So I that's the joke is that's the, one of the best trades in baseball history. Right. I'm sure there's some other ones, the Babe Ruth, right. But to, to the Yankees, but still, um, you know, it, it's, it's, you're always one. You, you never know how close you really are. You know, even though it can seem so far away sometimes, you know, um, you're just one, one adjustment away from being that guy. Right. So, um, so I go to Florida at the time now, now called Miami, of course. Um, and I, and I remember that phone call was in the off season. I just got off the plane. I was in LA with a buddy of mine and out there just kind of having a good time. I should honestly, I like, will look back. I should have went play winter ball right away. Just played winter ball, keep the value, keep uh, improving on my, um, on my skills and whatnot and developing that secondary pitch and keep exposing myself to that hostile, um, that hostile, um, environment. And that's what it is in Dominican. Dominican is unbelievable baseball, probably second to the MLB, um, as far as talent goes, but, um, mountain. So I'm out in LA, I get the phone call after I get off the plane and it's, it's Theo, you know, he message said, Hey, give him a call back. So I call him back. And he's like, hey, Richie, how you doing? This and that. So he gets and he goes, listen, get right into it. You've been traded um, to Florida for Andrew Miller. And, uh, you know, and they, and they do, they, you know, they keep it professional. It's like, we wish you luck. We enjoyed why we're having you. We, we, you know, we wish you all the best. And I go, I, I remember I was, I was just kind of, I was, I'm a loyal person. So I'm just like, I thought I'd be a Red Sox my whole life. And maybe naive as well. But um, I want to say a Red Sox forever. But, um, you know, but that just means another team wants you, right? When you're traded, that's all it means sometimes. Um, so I, I remember asking him, I go, well, what was the trade exactly? Was it, he goes, hey, one for one, Andrew Miller. I go, oh, not too bad. But at the same time, you know, the guy's struggling, but I know the potential that's there with him. So I go to Florida and, you know, right away, you know, I go to big league camp with him and I know, you know, I'm, Good chance of making that. I'm I'm slated into that bullpen. I remember uh, right after that phone call, Florida GM calls me. Can't remember his name at the time. Can't remember his name, but um, calls me and says, "Hey, Richie, you want to welcome you? This and that." And right as that, at that moment, I'm in that bullpen. I'm slated, right? Just go to spring trading, stay healthy. We're good. But there was that big Dan Ugly trade where he, they sent him to where Atlanta, I believe, and they Atlanta sent him like the farm system for him. And along came that was done. Another power thrown lefty reliever. Now I'm now I got to compete for a, a spot in that bullpen with him. And so we go to spring training, and I remember I had a I had a great spring training, a, a phenomenal spring training. And, and once again, he he you know power lefty thrown lefty, good good dude. We went out a couple times, you know, good dude. But he struggled, and I remember the the manager pulls me in towards the end of, in spring training. He goes, "Listen, Richie, it's a tough pill to swallow." But we had to go with Dunn, even though he had like a 14 ERA in spring training. 
but he was he explained it to me this is where you start to understand the business side of the, the game as well right um he goes you know he's part of that massive trade and we need to get the value for him and it's easier to send him down when he's struggling than to call him up and not get any value for him so i'm like that's bullshit and i don't i don't want to hear that you know but um anyways it's once again it's a tough pill to swallow so i go to triple a the time the time this was um in new orleans so i go there i have a uh i have a great two months and I remember we're in Oklahoma City playing, and I get designated with like a 1.7 ERA for, for an outfielder that they needed at the time. I get designated, I get claimed by, then I go to Atlanta. I'll go to Atlanta now. And by that time, I'm just, my, 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 the mental, I'm, I mean, I was, I was in shambles, right? So I struggled there, you know, and then next thing you, you find yourself, uh, you know, you're not throwing a lot of strikes, you're not throwing strikes, man. And, you know, being, you can be, you know, it helps to be left-handed, but when you're not throwing strikes, you just find yourself out of this game real quick. Um, and then into affiliate or excuse me, into independent ball. So. Yeah. And then once you're in independent baseball, you, you end up getting back, you know, you got back to my only baseball, major league baseball, when you're in independent baseball, like I'm sure it can feel empty. It can kind of feel like this is the end. Like if you're one bad weekend away from like this being completely over, just how, what was your time like at in, independent baseball just what was the mindset and the approach that you took you took to minor uh, independent baseball? Yeah, I wasn't good at first. It's, it's yeah. definitely an ego check, right? It's definitely an ego check. And I was always a good teammate. I was. Um, but going to independent ball, you didn't I didn't realize, you know, how many big leaguers actually go there and so the Atlantic League, that's the Premier League. That is the league to go to. Um, and it's very it's literally triple A. It's it's good baseball, very good baseball. You got a lot of a lot of rosters with big league experience on it and triple a guys and double a guys right so um it's a great league but at the same time i'm thinking independent ball and this and that where i literally was just months ago in the big leagues right and i'm just like what the hell just happened so um yeah so i go to sugarland skeeters they're a brand new team that first year beautiful ballpark down in sugarland texas beautiful we all we had all what's his name um as our gm um you do your research ryan what the heck was his name uh, uh, the twins player not Cur- not play with curry puggett i can't believe i can't think of his name right now um, i'll look it up but uh, you keep going I'll look, I'll i can look see it up. his face right now gosh yeah. damn it um but um awesome gm awesome dude um beautiful ballpark um you know and so once you know i was able to swallow my pride a little bit you know and you're there you're playing right but then you can, you feel stuck, right? You feel stuck. Um, and if you don't change your outlook or your perspective on things, you know, you know, things can go wrong for you real quick. And, uh, I think I spent, um, the rest of that season there and I re-signed with them back. And then I got picked up somewhat early on that next year, I believe by the angels. And once again, you know, that whole period of like, we'll go with the angels. I'm just trying to figure things out. Right. And, you know, we're just trying to figure things out. And I go to the Angels, and I go to AAA, Salt Lake City. Great time there. I, you know, have some success, but also have some bumps in the road. And then um, end up going two different years with them. I remember I did, they didn't bring me back for spring training after that season. And then I went back to maybe Sugar Land or maybe even Long Island in that league. And I go back, but I get re-signed back to Salt Lake again. 
And, you know, I'm there the whole season and, you know, have some flashes, right. And you're always, you're always, you never know you're, you're in triple a man, you're one, one step away. So, but they have their guys first and you, and you, you, you need to understand, you understand that, right. You have, they have guys that they're invested in, so they're going to get their chances first. So as I know in my position, I need to put up at least two months and just dominate. If not, just worry about just one in and out of time. Right. So, um, you know, so you know, I'm just trying to figure things out. So I tried, try, I even tried changing arm slots, everything. And once we did that, there was, there was, we, we did change the arm slot. We dropped down to three quarter a little bit and that kind of opened things up a little bit and it became interesting. So I was like, because I was trying to adapt, I was trying to survive, you know, and, um, you have to do those things. Um, and I did that and, and it was, you know, um, it was good. It was real good. It was just towards the end of the season, not enough time. And, uh, it was unfortunate. And then, so I, anyways, that, that, the, that ride with the, the angels ended. And I remember that's when I went, you know, and during these off seasons, I'm going to play in Dominican. And then I remember after that off season, after the angels, I went to Venezuela and played won a championship with the Magianas there. That was, that was its experience right there. Um, playing next, next to uh, Panda, what's his name for the San Francisco giants. And he just won three rings and you know, he's, he's, he's huge there. Right. And we, we won there with Magiana. So there's some big names there. Um, so that was a good experience. And, and I was just, and I remember, I think I spent like two years, two more years, I spent, I think, in independent ball. Couldn't get picked up. And I, I thought that was it. And I reached out to Gabe Kapler, one of my old mentors and coaches when I was in the minor leagues. And, you know, reached out to him because I knew he was part of the, the Dodgers affiliation. And I'm probably getting into your next question. But, um, so I reached out to him. He brought me aboard. Um, he brought me on. And uh, that's, that is when I figured some things out. You know, that is when I figured some things out. And once again, like I said, I had some injuries, you know, throughout the course. And you, I, you, I'm a firmly believer in this. You learn how to pitch hurt, right? You figure a lot of stuff out about your body. And um, so I was able to figure some things out, how to repeat and know what to feel. I knew how to throw strikes. Now, you know, I know how to make the adjustment as opposed to hoping and wishing to throw strikes, you know, and go out there and compete just like, Oh, it's going to be there. No, um, we figured that out now. So that is a whole new level of confidence. And I took that into, um, I went to the Dodgers organization. So first of all, I was, I was fortunate. I was so excited to be back at the affiliated ball. Um, I went to, it's my first spring training in, in years I've been to, um, and my, but the biggest thing is, it was also my, my outlook on things and just, you know, perspective, all that good stuff. And, uh, took that in spring training, had a great spring training. And I remember I, I haven't been in So, so I remember I broke with spring training, but once again, you, you they have their guys. You got to remind yourself that. So here I'm competing for a spot. First of all, I'm competing not to get cut, but I had a great spring training. Um, but the rosters were full, right. In triple a. So I remember I, I, and then double a was full. Double A was even full. So I had to spend an extra two weeks, I believe, in extended spring training. Um, and that was tough. Man, that was tough. But I get the call. Boom, I go to double A. And um, at first, I was a reliever there. And then I saw I'm relieving. And I'm, and for some reason, I, now that I know how to incorporate, you know, use my whole body to pitch now, you know, my velocity was more, my, I was averaging a better fastball, you know. I was pounding the zone. My secondary stuff was phenomenal um, at the time. And I was repeating it. And that's what it's all about. That's just repeating it. And uh, 
And um, I remember when the starters got hurt, they made me to a starter and it was over from there. I was just going out there starting. I was doing well. And then I got hurt and I got hurt. Right. Once again. So we had another setback and then, uh, um, I, but, but good on cap. He brought me back. He brought, he brought me back in the off season cause I had enough impact during, during that season, brought me back and, you know, I go back again with them. And, uh, um, but the, when I got hurt, it was an unfortunate time. Cause I got, I went from, went from double A to triple A with them and, I was making a little bit of noise and it was 4th of July weekend and I got hurt, um, tore my lat and in a part of my shoulder. And, uh, he calls me after the game. He goes, Richie, I'm so sorry. Um, you were in the discussions, you know, literally after the game going up this, coming up this weekend. And I, and, and I remember that was tough, man. I remember Cap, he, you know, he, he was cool. Good on him to, to at least tell me that much. Um, because, um, you know, because it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a journey, man. And it just sucks getting hurt. And that's the biggest thing, um, as an athlete is staying healthy. So, yeah. Yeah. Then you obviously, you know, time of the Dodgers, you independent baseball again, I think you went back to Long Island after you were with uh, Maple oh, yeah. for a bit, but you come yeah. in, you now in the IBL. I remember the first time I saw you was up in uh, Midhurst against the Bay Caps, and like, you got this dominant lefty from the left side. I think you threw five innings of relief, like allowing one hit, like obviously you were like a legit pitcher, just. I mean, what kind of quality of competition were you expecting when you came to the IBL? And I guess a two-part question in terms of how did you eventually become a Maple Leaf? I know you knew Topoli, but just going through that process so I, of becoming Maple Leaf. So Tops, that's it. I fell, I fell right into Tops' lap, man. Um, it, and I, I give him shit all the time. So, um, so my wife works with his wife. That's how that's how he got me, right? And my wife is Canadian. I'm from I'm from the states, obviously. Um, and it was just one of those times where in my career, I think I was coming off an injury again and I was getting healthy. And he's like, Hey, just come throw innings with us, you know, stay healthy, build up. I'm like, I was like, what is, what, what is this league? What are we, what are you talking about? You know, I'm like, what are, what are you talking about? So I signed, I, I, you know, so I come and join, I joined them and I, and I get here and, and listen, um, this is, it's a fun, so let me, let me back up a little bit. So I get here. You know, if you're not familiar with, um, I think first time, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I wasn't the pits I came to. I, like I said, I, came, I went to another, another diamond, but I just remember the, the fields are short. They seem small. And we're playing like softball fields, man. Um, listen, obviously the IBL, the consistency of um, arms and power in the bats, they're just, they're not there, right? Um, but nonetheless, it's still a, it's a good league. It's still a fun league. Um, but you know, obviously, um, guys that have families, they have jobs and then they show up and play. Right. And then sometimes they don't, can't show up that day. I come from, you know, it's literally every day playing every single day. Um, and then traveling to, to this, where it's just kind of every, maybe two, three games, games a week. Right. And, you know, and show up when you, when you can, you know, so, um, yeah, obviously my stuff was playing well here. Um. And, you know, uh, you know, a little, I just at that point, it's just, so it, I started realizing like how much fun I started to have, you know, being around some of the guys and I could let loose a little bit. Um, and I had to take things as serious. Right. Um, and it turns out this is probably the most fun I've had in my career playing in the IBL. And I, and it's crazy to think about even, even in the big leagues, because big leagues, like I said, it was full of stress, anxiety. I couldn't really enjoy myself. 
here I can. And, uh, you know, cause I'm not pitching for a paycheck, you know, I'm just out there competing, having fun with the boys again. And, uh, it's, it's nice. It feels like summer ball again to me, honestly. And, um, you know, there's no stress, you know, and, uh, and it's, like I said, if I could have developed this mindset, you know, at the high, le- higher levels, man, and things could have been different. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, so here we are now with it, uh, we're, you know, we're 38 now and, uh, um, you know, we're, we're, we're having fun now. I got my PR here, so I'm a resident. So we're, we're here now, you know, we're here and we're having fun and I can't let the game go. So, yeah. um, you know, we had, we had a, we had a, uh, a torn UCL significant tear because should have had the, could have had Tommy John, but we did, we didn't on the op. So I pitched last year with the Leafs again, finally, again, after a couple of years off. Um, but, um, pitched last year, I remember tops was trying to get me come back all year. And I came back with only like two, two weeks left in the, before playoffs. I, I told tops, I, I said, I can't, I said, I'm, my elbow is done. I can't throw. And he's like, dude, all you gotta do is, you know, go out there and just OBP, just OBP these guys, you know, and like top, I'm not going out there and get my ass handed to me. I'm not letting them guys get me. I'm not doing it. I'm too competitive, man. He talked me into it. So I got a bum elbow and a bum back. I can barely walk. And, you know, um, had a, and, and I was supposed to pitch in some other games. When I got back, I was supposed to about to warm up and go in, but I couldn't because I was just hurting too much. Right. And, um, but we, we were able to put, get uh, qualified. Uh, what do you call it? Um, I got my innings in so I can pitch in the playoffs yep. for him. Right. Yep. And we started building up and, you know, started the elbow started feeling, I won't say it wouldn't feel better, but, it was, it was managed. I could manage it. Right. I could tolerate it. The back was just garbage. I, it was terrible. Um, I don't know if the guy, anybody could tell, but I was just kind of just up there. Just, I was grunting. Like I was, and that was nothing from throwing. It was from the, uh, the pressure on my back. So, but you know what, once again, you, like I said, you learn how to pitch hurt and that's exactly what I was doing. And this, the whole thing where, um, less is more and, I didn't try so much. I was more efficient with my delivery. I kind of let everything work and the ball was coming out decent enough. Um, I wasn't throwing obviously nearly as hard as I used to when I was used to, but um, it was efficient enough. And uh, I was able to repeat my delivery and just, just throw strikes. You know, I was pounding, just pound the zone. I threw, I was just trying to throw a strike every single pitch, even though two didn't care. Um, and you, it's just, a, it's funny how much you learn when you're hurt. Yeah. And I'll ask my last question. I appreciate you coming on that. So you talk about, you know, coming into the IBL last season, you know, maybe throw one inning, maybe throw two innings, but that's max. But then there's game four, you guys have to, you know, beat London to force a game five and you come in, I think it was the ninth inning, maybe the 10th inning. And you're thinking probably, you know, throw one, two innings and hopefully the stack Toronto lineup can get one out at Chrissy Pitts games over, but that doesn't happen. You throw over 100 pitches in relief. It's the greatest relief appearance in IBL history. It's a league that's been around for over 100 years. This, what was your mindset as the innings went on in that game? Not only knowing that you haven't pitched that many, you know, you know, strikes and what have you in so many years, but also on top of that, you're not doing that 100 help. Yeah, it don't matter who I'm, I could be throwing. I could be throwing in the backyard against somebody. I don't care. I'm, I'm a competitor, right? So um, I'm not. I don't want to lose. I hate losing. I hate losing um, to the core and especially London. I mean, listen, I'm going to say it right now. Those antics, you know. I'm all for having fun. And if I was on their team, you know, I'd be having fun with them and and have the same antics. So fair enough, but that just fuels me even more. So, um, 
you know, um, I remember, yeah, so I remember that game four, and, and and I was just, I remember throughout that series going into it, I was telling Tops, you know, just figuring out how we wanted to do things. Um, I remember him saying something about starting, and I was like, I don't, I can't start. There's no way I can start, you know. Little did I know, you know, and, and, and so in game four, like you said, man, we, it was a battle, and then I came in, we were losing, you know, so I had to hold it right there. I had to hold the, hold the score, and our guys were able to come around and, uh, and, and, and at least tie the game, and then it was on from there, and I was not coming out. I wasn't going to come out. I, if I had to roll the, the, the goddamn ball up to the plate, I was. Um, but uh, that's just the competitiveness in me. But I, remember, I, I look back, and I go, if I could have just got Brownlee, I think Brownlee, right? If I could, if I, listen, I gave him zero credit. I found his barrel. Let's, let's, let's just get that out there. I found your barrel, Brownlee. Um, and if I did, he didn't get that, if he didn't hit that, I think that he had a ball in the gap and they scored a run, I believe. Um, you know, that game would have been over a long time ago, right? In the ninth inning. But uh, because of that, we go extra innings and I caused myself to go seven innings, right? And, um, yeah, I was, I was cashed after that. I, I you know, and I remember tops was, we, we played the next day, right in London. Right. And tops like, Hey, you got, you got, you got an in for me. I go, no, I remember I, I didn't even bring my cleats. I just go to first base and just, I was a first base coach that whole game. And uh, things started out well there, but, um, yeah, that night it was, you know, it was fun. Uh, it was a good night. Um, and I saw what they were trying to do, you know, they're, you know, they, they tried button on me, right, even. And, you know, shit, I got a bad back. There was one pl bunt play that I fielded, but I could not turn to make the throw because my elbow would just not let me. And I would have thrown him out. I would have thrown him out. And I got to the ball, you know, PFPs, baby. That's all you do. That's all we pitchers do, you know. And um, But, I, you know, chose not to throw it, I remember. And that's just little things that, that eat at me. But, um, um. Yeah, and then obviously Riley comes around, and finally, finally, I remember, I remember that it was I saw after that seventh inning I threw. Um, I don't know what it was a twelfth inning or something, thirteenth. I can't remember. I look at Riley as like because I'm I know I'm like oh I'm fumes at that time, and I look at Riley. I go, dude, you're a good hitter, man. He's on deck. I go, Riley, you are a good hitter. That's all I said to him. He goes up there, cranks it out of the ballpark. Boom, we we have we we celebrate. Um, but yeah, I just uh, and and looking back now, you know, obviously if I known I could, I had that in me. We, of course, I would have started game one. Things could things could have been different. Never know though. You never know. Um, and then we go into the game five, and uh, we were one pitch away. You know, we were one pitch away. Um, and it's unfortunate, but credit to uh, credit to London. You know, they they're consistent. They didn't make mistakes. They played defense and they pitched. They didn't hit very hard you know they didn't hit very hard so they couldn't we know we couldn't get hurt there but they but kudos to the hitters they found a way to get on it doesn't you don't have to hit uh line drives you don't have to hit uh you can hit you just find a way to get on it doesn't matter that is the that is your job as a hitter is to get on base um and they did their job as a pitchers and that's to get outs and make the defensive plays and they were cons more consistent and they were able to do that and that's you know what it came down to essentially yeah, absolutely. Obviously, London won. They're the champions and defending champions. I know 
uh, definitely this organization wants to uh, hopefully beat them in 2022. I, I created the hashtag unfinished business. So well, let's hope that I have, happens. If, thing, if, I, if things, you know, go my way, you know, we're going to be in a very, I'll just say this, we're going to be in a very good position to where, um, you know, we're going to take care of business, right? So, and I'm excited. And um, we just, you know, things fall into place. Uh, we're going we're gonna to look, we're going to be just fine. Absolutely. So I appreciate uh, you coming on today, Dustin. It was great talking to you for the first time. Hopefully throughout the season, that can continue. So uh, looking forward to it, man. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Ryan.